Good afternoon, or should I say good evening. Um, my name is Alex Brummels. I am the guest on today's podcast, Corn and Raised. And tonight we're going to discuss some interesting topics. Let's get into it. Well, I sure hope they're interesting. Yes, sir. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know if they're actually interesting, but <laughs> uh, I think right off the bat, let's get into the heat of the debate. We talked about wow. it already before on this podcast, but let's bring it back. The Last Dance has officially ended. Has that documentary changed your opinion of Michael Jordan at all? I would say it raised my respect for him from 70% to 75%. <laughs> all right. As a, just your respect of him? All right. Just respect. I think I respect what he did. Non NBA or really professional sports fan. It made me appreciate him ten times more than I did before. Ten times. Now that's like the that. kind of numbers we can give. <laughs> that, yes. that is I like that. I mean, <laughs> I always thought he was good. Food. I just didn't realize. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. I've never really hated MJ, but I used to hate LeBron with a passion. And then one day, I I forget what year it was, but I was like, this guy's actually just amazing. And I've like I just kind of fell in love with how good he was. And I've loved him ever since. And, like, I think the documentary really just, like, brought to light how, like, much of a grinder MJ truly is. And it really just, I have a newfound respect for MJ. It was just refined, I guess. I was going to say, the respect has always been there. But it's just, the, the last dance showed how brutal and um, how much of a grinder he was, too. Because it showed how he always pushing his teammates to, you know, you know be greater and win more. Um, but definitely dark side to Michael, just always being wanting to be a winner. The honestly, one of the obviously I'm gonna see this one because I'm considered a hater. But one of the scenes that stuck out to me the most is when they interviewed one of his teammates, and he's just like straight up like, "Let's get this straight. Michael Jordan is an a hole, and he went <laughs> too far, way too many times, but he does win." And I was just like, "That is not the legacy I would want for my teammates." I feel like you could see both sides of it. You could. I think my favorite scene in the whole documentary was when MJ was legitimately brought to tears because, like, it's kind of weird why he was crying. He's like, if you don't want to play that way, don't play that way. But, like, it just shows how passionate he was about winning that, like, yeah. he would be brought to tears just talking about it. Kind of going back to the overall structure of the documentary with like uh, back and forth narrative, some people found that confusing. Were, were any of you guys confused by, like, the timeline at all? Yes. No. No. See, like, I wasn't confused on what was going on. I was confused as why they were doing it. Both for me. I just, I have bad attention span. So I was like, why are we, what's going on here? I thought he already played these people. Well, I believe that they did it the way that they did because the entire thing was around the 98 season. So if they just did the entire documentary over the small amount of footage they had of the 98 season, it would have been a one-part series, and it would have been over. And you would have been like, why did they just show me random highlights of 1998? Well, they kind of... Why didn't they just do everything in order? Yeah, why didn't they just start at the beginning? And Because then why would they say... Why would they have hyped it up beforehand saying we have all this 1998 footage, but you only get to see it in episode 10? Both ways, it's bad. Instead, what they did is take 10% of the 1998 footage and the first 10% of Michael Jordan's career 
and do that in each episode. And they just progressed until the last one, the final 10% of his career and the final 10% of the 98 season were in the same episode. It's not really that confusing. It's just increments of 10% of the 1998 and the entire career preceding that. I will say, I did not realize how much of a baller John Stockton was until I saw this talk. I know he was a good passer, but like, I feel like he was just a straight up baller. Nathan Long thinks he's the worst player in the world. Sports are starting to return uh, in Germany. I can't pronounce the league name because I'm not a soccer fan or football fan, as they would call it. Do they call it football in Germany? I'm assuming probably. I'm sure. Yes. Uh, Has resumed play without fans. And I think in like South Korea, they've also resumed play for soccer. When do you guys think professional sports are going to be back in the U.S.? Professional sports Mm. with or without fans? Just in general, yeah, with or without fans, just back being able to participate in sports. Mm. I've been thinking about something along the lines of like the players can play, but like they can't be in the dugout or something like that. For like the Are first... we talking about baseball? Yes. I thought we were said we were talking about sports here. Because, uh, yeah, I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, NASCAR was back, and did anyone watch that? I watched it. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> is NASCAR? Oh, I didn't realize it's considered a sport. <laughs> Probably one of the toughest endurance sports there is. Oh, right. AJ has entered the chat. <laughs> I mean, how would you, you ever, ever say like, NASCAR? Stop. I just said it's an endurance. I didn't say like anything else. Oh. I just said endurance. You gotta sit. T- you gotta up. sit down so hard, dude. Holy cow! <laughs> you gotta turn your arms a little bit to the left. <laughs> the average Bro, you're about to be just inside of those cars is 180 degrees. That's cap. That's not cap. Look it up. I will look it up right now. Sorry, what is this argument J-Par brought? J-Par says that the NASCAR? average temperature inside a NASCAR for the entirety of the race is 180 degrees. Oh, that, that's they, death. That would be they, death. They cook you a lot. Yeah, you could theoretically cook an egg on your dash. Well, on no, that. on your own self because you're also now 180 <laughs> degrees. If you are hotter than you're 112, right you die. That's your internal body temperature, probably. It says hey, it's talking- usually 30 to 40 degrees hotter than the outside of the car temperature, not including having the outfit and everything else on. It's approximately 130 degrees inside of the car. So you and were 50 degrees off. The entire <laughs> well, yeah, 50 degrees off. NASCAR drivers definitely just have to whiz in their pants all the time. Yeah. Why do you say do. that? It's only like a four-hour race. And you're They're sweating. not like you, Andrew. They don't have to. They don't have to wee every ten seconds. Well, I mean, they, they probably have to drink though. If they're in a hundred twenty-degree car, they gotta have some fluids in that body. They sweat it out. I don't know. This question just said, "Do NASCAR drivers pee in their pants?" And it says, "You're going to pee in your pants." <laughs> That's all it says. The suits are equipped to absorb up to two quarts of urine. So, that's quite a bit. Wait, it's a decent amount. How long no. do the races go? It About depends on the race. Yeah, it depends. Because I remember, okay, this is probably something completely different, but in Ford versus Ferrari, they have like that 24-hour race. That, that's the Le Mans. The Le Mans, yeah. That's not I'd like, say that I, one's endurance mentally. That, one, I, that would say 24 hours of anything, that's endurance. I don't know, but how long does the average NASCAR race go? Four hours. Three. Three oh. hours. I mean, let me look it up. I don't know. <laughs> okay. All right. What do you What do you think is the top, um like endurance sport, like mentally and physically combined? 
and the decathlon. <laughs> the Ironman race. <laughs> whatever oh, that wow. weird, sp- whatever that sport is they do in the Winter Olympics, where you're like on skis and then you have to like shoot something and you ski. Oh, something. the tri- no, the, the triathlon, the uh, decathlon. Is that what it's called? No, there's like a specific sport where you only cross country ski and shoot things. I forget what it's called. I that feel like you got to be very mentally and physically biathlon. Yeah, biathlon. Is it the biathlon? Yeah, I'll it's take just it. cross-country skiing and rifle shooting. That's so random. <laughs> I know. It's like, why is that a sport? I want to hear from Ryan Jump. He's been silent this entire time. Are you a racing fan, and do you consider it like a an endurance sport? Uh, I don't watch it because I have better things to do. Mm. So... Uh, it's it's going around in a circle, so how hard can it really be? Okay, I do want to know this, though. Like, not even as a roast. I just want to know, like, when you're watching NASCAR Jordan, like, is the entertaining part just, like, seeing... I don't, what, like, what is the draw to it? <clears throat> um, people are going fast. They're racing. They're just... I don't know. I enjoy it. I, like I respect it. Fast. I feel like oh, racing respect. is like going to a baseball game, except it's louder. Like you're kind of just sitting and hanging Stop. out. And you can't hear the person sitting next to you. <laughs> Am I wrong? I think it's a no. lot different, actually. It's a lot different because I like baseball games, so maybe I'd like racing. Fun to watch. Hello. I mean, racing is. I mean, I don't know. Do you go to? Do people watch like marathons of people running? Like, I don't. Why is that any more entertaining marathon? than a race? Correction. See, when I watch a marathon, I'm just like, wow, look at that guy achieve something. Like, I'll when watch I watch the last a NASCAR, five it's like... <laughs> NASCAR has some of the highest attendance rates in any sport, because they have a ton really? of people watching it. They do, actually, yeah. On an average... See, NASCAR I could, honestly, I could go, I could go live. There, though. I could, that would be, yeah, I could do a live watch. Because I'd be like, TV, wow, though. feel the roar, feel the, the crowd, my, uh, feel... I- I feel like it's a chance to go on a track, and they said that the incline is so like so like steep that it's like you can barely walk up on it. I will say one of my most enjoyable sports that I've watched in my lifetime is dirt track racing. Dirt track racing. If you enjoy watching dirt track racing, remember you got to turn right to go left. (laughs) That is facts. Doc Hudson. This is more NASCAR than I've ever discussed in my life. <laughs> oh, by far. Jimmy Johnson. Like it's the same concept as like cheering on a team and like you see them approaching the first place spot and you're like, oh, yeah, there they go. A team of what? I don't know. A team, a team of, of people one that person do nothing. Driving. <laughs> I'd rather watch horse racing than NASCAR. Wow. Do we have any Dan- Danica Patrick fans in here? I... <laughs> I don't even think we touched the topic of. Of sports uh, with fans, I don't think professional sports will get fans back. Like, they might not even get them back this year. Yeah, I think I, uh, I think NFL will be no fans, and then the NBA will be fans again. Really, the NBA starts in like doesn't it usually start in like October? That's pretty soon. Yeah, yeah. I think well, though. I basically I think just scratch this year. Yeah, twenty twenty. That's a moment. Get up in October and just finish out the season, and then huh? just scratch the twenty twenty one season. No. Players in their prime are thinking about suicide because of what you just said. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I'm saying is, like, what you're saying is wrong, J. Park. So I like, think you could. 
I think it'd be better just to end this season like the NCAA mm-hmm. did, and then just start afresh, a new, perhaps with a truncated schedule. Yeah. Well, what I'm saying is like, so the season ended. We were like what, like three quarters away through the NBA season, something like that. Like next seat, like say, just throwing out a date. Obviously, it's not. But say August first is when the season would normally start. We start August with the exact same like. Just pick up the schedule, just move that schedule to August 1st with that same standing statistics, leaders, all that stuff. So you'd rather play a fourth of a remaining season rather than potentially 75% of a new season? Well, yeah, it's going to, like, season-wise, because then you'd, you'd rather play less it. basketball. You'd rather watch less basketball. And if you're an owner, you'd rather see less games. At the expense of what? Why? What would be the benefit of finishing out the season other than crowning a champion? Which I guess would be your argument, I'm assuming. Correct, for the most part. Plus, how are they going to work out like um, contracts? Because, like, no, leave that to the lawyers. Unrestricted free agent. So, like, does he just only get half a season with that team? Or, like, how would that, that- work? There's probably language in the contracts, you know, stipulating how many games you play, that sort of stuff. But I'm not on the podcast to talk the law. So, I mean, opening it up to the floor, would you rather them finish out the season and then cancel next season? Or would you rather see them just kind of scratch this season and then play like maybe a, you know, a smaller season next year for 2021? I would rather them scratch this season. Bring it back next year when they normally would start, and just say we're back. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it's already, back. It's already I over. think even I think even picking it up later, and then just having the same end of the year count, like rather than push anything back, I say scratch this year. Start up when you can with an end goal of having the finals still when they usually would be in twenty twenty one. But start whenever you can. So, so just have a, a shorter, a shorter season. So do what like the do what MLB is doing with like only eighty two games. Oh yeah, I didn't, I, know, I, didn't, yeah. No, I, didn't I didn't know what the MLB was doing, but yeah. I'd say yeah, because even if you try to like finish this season out somehow, whoever wins, there's gonna be like this huge asterisk. Like, well, that was the coronavirus year, so, and something could happen between now and when they play. I don't know. I think out of respect for both LeBron and Jordan, they should just take 18 months off. That way you can truly compare Jordan's <laughs> career to LeBron's where they've had an 18-month gap where they weren't playing professional basketball. I think that makes yes. the comparison a little bit easier. Yes. But yeah, I think everyone is excited to kind of get back to normal. But a lot of people are concerned about a second wave hitting potentially around November, December, with some schools saying they're going to be ending... <laughs> the semester at Thanksgiving and not having students return until January. So are you guys concerned about a second wave and what are your schools doing to kind of combat that? Well, as you probably know, our school is the model for the future of pandemics. Oh, our, yes. <laughs> your school. Liberty. He <laughs> sounded so ashamed to say that. <laughs> Liberty University. No, I mean, in all honesty, I think they probably handled it fairly well. Um, do I think there's going to be a second wave? Most likely. Do I think it's going to be that bad? No. 
I feel like it's I think that's accurate. Ones where we have a wave of every year of Corona every year. Yeah, just like, like the flu. Flu, like it's always going to be here. I, I mean, yeah. yeah, there's a possibility. I could see that. I just think I think I'm going to label coronavirus 2020 as just weird. It's been an interesting, interesting year for like, sure. Coronavirus has been around for a while. It haven't had it to this extent. Well, I mean, coronavirus is basically your common cold, and this is just a certain strain of it that's a little more deadly, I guess. Yeah. I'm not a scientist. I don't know. That's, that's what, what I... I've been told. Do I think Liberty will <clears throat> be open this fall? One million percent. One million wow. percent. Oh, that's pretty good odds. Jerry Falwell would not hesitate to open the doors back up for us. He will Alex, not hesitate. Have you heard anything about UNW reopening? Have they made a decision? Do they have a deadline for when they're going to reopen? I have not. I do remember I have to return books, but that's on a side note. Um, <laughs> <laughs> shout, shout out the podcast remember to remind you to return your book. Yeah, I, I have not heard anything. Uh, as far as I'm assuming, they'll be open back up in fall and classes and schedules will resume. So, Do you think we'll I, ever re- back to normal like it was a year ago? Yes. I think, yeah. I mean, certain things are going to be changed permanently like you see a lot of companies moving permanently to remote uh work uh shopify a big e-commerce platform is saying they're going to be a hundred percent remote working from here on out so i I think the the workplace is going to look a little different but in terms of normalcy where like life being able to like go to restaurants without fear of you know having you know catching the disease i think that'll eventually return hmm I heard Corona could be the death of snow days. Whoa. Because there's no reason why they couldn't just do online days instead. Oh, interesting. I saw Facebook's now announcing that um, you their workers do not have to be on the Facebook campus. They can literally move wherever they want and continue working remotely. And they're Which... gonna their goal is to move fifty percent of their employee base to online and then that kind of raises concerns of like the talent pool and who you're going to be competing against for jobs you're not going to be competing against people in your general area you're going to be competing with people in the u.s across the world and i, I think, think they could be, they could be good for though because you don't have to move to but um, say you're competing against a, a person from india who's going to take five dollars an hour when a developer <laughs> normally gets you know a hundred dollars an hour you're going to see okay. wages i don't know what's going to happen to wages there's just a lot of a lot of stuff you got to think about there. I mean, then good for them if they can do the same job for less than. They then that's it. just gonna hurt the economy. That's true. Nathan doesn't care about the economy. The economy's well, already better, going down uh, a blunder, though, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah, I mean, just, just matter, continue but... to pile dirt on it and continue digging the grave, I guess. And I'm sure the employer can actively make a decision to not pay someone. Then I think if that happened to where uh, jobs are moving overseas. I think you could see a lot of wage reform, perhaps even a federal minimum wage, but who knows? Who knows? Then they definitely will move overseas. <laughs> it's a, yeah. I don't understand the economy a whole lot at all, really. That's more I did Clay's take, expertise. <laughs> I did take a second semester economics class, so I'm oh, kind of... Yeah. What, what can you tell us about the economy, Kevin? Nothing, really. <laughs> Capitalism good. America, number one. Yes. 
True. <laughs> that I remember from the guy absolutely with nothing the... from Grandview Econ. That was the lowest test grade of my life. I couldn't really... Another flex from, from uh, Cole Hainas. That's uh, not a flex. What was it? My flex. Uh, it. I won't share. <laughs> it was an A. Cole sounds like the typical white girl that gets a B minus. No, it was a, it was a C. <laughs> it was a C. Oh, rough. Seventy-seven percent. Mm. But uh, on a test, it's never looked like, at tests, tests kind of big. What are some things you think are going to change about your own personal life going forward as a direct result of the coronavirus, like long term? I mean, I'm my cha- plan is to change nothing. <laughs> I'm going to be honest, I did not change kill a people. single thing about my life. I know. I did not once wear a mask or gloves. Not change. I mean, I wore masks during. I mean, I'm not going to wear a mask for much longer, but. I will say that customer service from Karen's at Target has gotten much worse. They seem very needy, and they always mm-hmm. cry about something that we don't have. Very annoying. Do I get a job at a real real company like Menards? <laughs> Menards. Yeah, aren't, aren't, aren't customers leaving Menards in droves because they're requiring people to wear masks? Yes. Yeah. And you can't be 16 or younger. In Holy the cow. store? Who yeah, shot? They don't no, you are. You cannot enter. I thought 16 and under was like the least susceptible group, susceptible group to the coronavirus. I'm imagining that their logic is, since that's also the highest percentage of people that don't show symptoms, that they have oh, the God. highest chance of having it without knowing it and spreading that, it. That's why he's the economy guy, boys. Like, that's right. Uh, Clay. Clay. That was a big brain play right there. <sighs> yeah, I was talking to some people and like, I wouldn't see yeah. that much different. Like, I don't know. The, peop- the people in power here really just dictate how seriously people take it and because That's... because they didn't go crazy people didn't go crazy or maybe it was the other way around but to me it seems like if the people that are in charge just act like oh it's all good and we were just like i mean we'll continue to live life as normally as possible the only time only thing that ever affected me was if places were closed but like mm-hmm. so like i probably hung out with less people for the first two weeks but some of that was just because people's parents had clamps on them (laughs) for me in virginia it was definitely like it was like the second first week of corona very early and when the governor said we're not reopening the state until june 10th and people were like oh wow this is this is really serious kind of like what clay was saying and it was a very like scary kind of like apocalyptic type feeling whereas when i came back to Iowa, it just seemed like business as usual Mm -hmm. so that was just Mm -hmm. Even when going out places like to pick up, you know, like I'd order somewhere and then just pick it up. Even when I, like I saw those people, everybody just seemed like it was kind of just a inconvenience that they had to go get something. But it wasn't. Uh, yeah. I've, I've never once been somewhere where people were like, where I was like, oh wow, these people are really like concerned about what's going on. Like everybody that with Menards and the masks and stuff like that. Like yeah, people come in and wear them, but it's not like. Nobody that does it seems to be like, wow, I really need to be doing this. They're just like, well, in order to continue to live life as normally as I can, I just have to do this for a little while. Mm-hmm. Like even like you see in the larger cities, people waiting outside stores for hours. Like that's that's unthinkable here in Des Moines. Like yeah. I always like to think Des Moines is like a somewhat large city. But like after this pandemic's really sound, it's it's really just a small town with mm-hmm. – <laughs> With some people and with the more it people, truly in is. It. yeah. 
for better or worse, but even in Minnesota, things didn't really change for most part. Stuff is closed and still is closed. Like small businesses, barbershops definitely need barbershops open. I need a haircut badly, but that's besides the point. Um, there are, you, know, you could drive two hours down to Iowa and get your haircut. They're open here. I could. Supposedly, we're going to have a friend give me a haircut, but we'll see how that goes. Whoa. But that's on a personal note. Let's keep it professional here. And, uh, Jordan knows a guy. Mm. This is the least professional <laughs> I <don't> setting. <laughs> uh, one last thing we're going to talk about today, <laughs> just for myself, to humor me, I guess. Sneakers. Chunky donkeys. Mm. And just the hype surrounding sneakers. Are you guys feeling the hype or are you guys like i'm not hopping on sneakers it seems like the friend group has a different like money making thing every month for like early april was doordash everyone was doing doordash and then well, the I'm second half but like everyone was doing it. now yeah, i'm not yeah, seeing yeah. the marco polos every five minutes about someone complaining about an order but now it then it was stocks for like 36 hours mm-hmm. and everyone seems to be on sneakers now so where are you guys? I are think you still on this is the this is the drop where I envy your commitment to it. I do. I I just wish I knew anything about sneakers or uh, an, like anything about the resale of that because it seems really interesting and something like I'd want to do, but I just don't know anything about it. Not that's how I feel about stocks. Like it's the sneakers are something I've always enjoyed. So that's kind of like the market, but I feel like I've kind of cornered myself because I spend so much time with it. I know very little about stocks or like actual investing. That's something I need, kind of need to, to pivot towards. Mm-hmm. So yeah. with like traditional jobs closed down, what are you guys doing to kind of supplement your income besides like, I guess some of you guys are still doing DoorDash. Are you like selling things or what are you guys doing to kind of bring up that summer, five-figure summer as some are calling it? I finally rekindled my business relationship with Cameron. So he's helping me market my some of my editing skills, and I hope that takes off this summer. But my, I think the main source is going to be DoorDash still. What exactly do you do for your editing? Like, um, so I'm going to be marketing myself to like companies. Cameron thinks there are businesses out there that just want me to edit their videos that they have recorded already, which I'm totally fine doing. I think I'll need to focus more on marketing and learning how to like do social media advertising. Um, but we'll see. You know, it's. We'll see. It just basically depends on what kind of work his marketing guy does for me. That's the big thing. He's letting me use his marketing. Okay. Cool. Alex, I know you're. Are you still working at Target? I am. Yeah, I have a couple of gigs going on. I work at DoorDash. Still work at Target, and I'm also do some landscaping on the side that uh, pays cash and tips. So. Wow. Okay. So right now I got a very steady source of income. I'm replenishing my bank account. Wait, would you say the third thing was? Sorry. Um, landscaping. Landscaping. Nice, nice. And it's paying um, very well, plus tips. Um, and then, Dang. And then, yeah, you get you pretty much get your hours. It's not a steady job. You just kind of get jobs, jobs, you know, every couple of days. Or, you know, you get jobs Monday, Tuesday, and then you don't get a job till Thursday. And then maybe That's Saturday. a perfect side gig, though. Yeah, no, for sure it is. And I usually start early in the morning and finish in the afternoon, and it's great so far. Clay, what are you, what are you doing? Uh, I'm just out at Menards, hanging out. The Foundry, that was the move. Oh, right. The Foundry was <laughs> the big move. I forgot about I that. I definitely should have worked more at the Foundry, but yep. oh well. Cole was a simp for that. <laughs> oh. I could have made but... probably a couple grand. Wow. Yeah. Okay. You and Claire are kind of the same boat then. Like You should link up. Should... Do oh, <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> what? He, works, he works in paint, and I work in online 
pickup and delivery, and which is like literally the next apartment over. So I pass him twenty four seven. Oh, that's kind of fun. Yeah, I heard a lot of people are calling it quits there. The plan is yeah. when the bonus. So currently we're getting either two or three dollars bonus pay. Two dollars. Well, if it's weekend, it's three, isn't it? You always get that no matter what. Oh well, still for the COVID nineteen, but. As soon as that's done, I think we're planning on all dipping at the same yep. time. I'm I'm just looking for what I what I could get as a job for the last month and a half, which is going to be kind of awkward. But yeah, June 26th is the last day of the extra money. So when that I guess got off, it gives you a little bit of time. Oh, I warn my mother that the floodgates will be opening. I mean, if I don't find anything, I'll just stick it out at Menard. It's not the worst job in the world. It's just, I it's, already, actually, I already told her this before leaving. She's like, okay. Mm-hmm. It's like, it happens. It's retail. People come and go. So, Oh, yeah. Exactly the turnover right. rate's really high. Target sending their bonus pay on the 30th of May. So I'm pretty soon. Mm. It's kind of bummed out about it, but it's okay. Jordan Parsons, I know you were uh, looking for a full-time position. Have you found anything? How is your job shirts going? Um, I applied at a couple body shops, but I've been doing a lot of like, my dad occasionally flips cars and stuff, or my stepdad. He pays me to do um like repairs and stuff on the cars he flips, and cool, cool. I've done that. And I've also done some other like really small automotive work for people. Made some side cash doing that. Okay, you still applying for like full time stuff then? Are you hoping to find something before this summer ends or? I haven't really talked to a lot of people about it, but I'm kind of wanting to just completely change my um, trade of choice. I'm kind of looking into either HVAC, electrician, or maybe auto body uh, technician. Okay. What were you doing before? Like, what was the the trade you were in? It was tool and die making, but I mean, I kind of feel like I'm kind of at a point where I'm like, I'm trying to put the pieces back together on a career I haven't really taken off in. But how much experience did you have? Because won't that hurt you? Because didn't you have, for your age, quite a bit of experience in that kind of job? Not really. I was only in the tool room for about four or five months. So it was kind of like an awkward time. And I've talked to my family about it. And they're thinking maybe I should take a year off from school. uh, Just refocus my mind. Just work full time for a year. And then the fall of 2021 go back to school for whatever trade I decide. But it's going to be a trade for sure, because I'm, I'm going to support trade schooling till the day I die. But, yeah, that's kind of... Sounds the... like you got a, a lot of opportunities, some big decisions to make. Oh, yeah. That's not the worst time to be thinking about it, because, you know, the world's kind of on pause anyway. So, Jumpman, how about you? What are you doing? What are you planning on doing? Uh, I know you have a full-time position now, but is that something you want to keep doing? I mean, at least for the foreseeable future, I have a contract that I signed, so I'm in it for three years, essentially. And are you? how many years are you into that? First year, technically. Okay. What are you doing? So, I'm in the tool and die program, but I'm also not at the position where Jordan was, so... It's trying to deal with classes and teachers and how to... F- what we're doing for classes it's interesting because we have 80 80 hours of lab that we have to make it before december but we don't know when we're putting that time in so yeah interesting what even is tool and die what is it what does that mean you're doing 
So it can range from making tiny plastic parts to making uh, parts as large as snowmobile hoods. For me personally, uh, I'm just, you know, flipping sneakers. And then I also have a research position for the first half of the summer. Thank you, everyone, for joining and listening to our podcast, uh, Corn and Raised. It was an honor to have you, or if you're about to listen to. Um, and, uh, yeah, thank you for having me, Noah, and the rest of the squad. Peace out.